0: Welcome to the Everyday Whiteness podcast series, the Uncomfortable Conversations on Well-Meaning White People. This podcast is primarily for white listeners. It's also a podcast for all listeners who unconsciously operate through a lens of whiteness, regardless of the body that you inhabit. It's not meant to shame you for being white or thinking white but rather to support you in having more awareness of the impact of your whiteness as a cultural code of conditioning. My name is Guru Nishan. I'm a disruptor of cultural indoctrination and actively support the dismantling of false identity by curating uncomfortable conversations on taboo topics hiding in plain sight. I stand committed to the ongoing dismantling of internalized whiteness within myself and to make visible what is often rendered invisible in business, community, and culture. I want to welcome today's guest, who is Bernadette Pleasant. She is a fiery, sensual speaker, somatic healer, sacred grief ritual facilitator, founder of the Emotional Institute and FEM, a mind-body wellness program. With certifications in somatic healing modalities and sensual movement, Reiki, and integrated energy therapy, uh, and studies in African, tribal, and free dance, Bernadette promotes emotional freedom through movement and empowerment. I want to welcome Bernadette Pleasant to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Ah, good. It's such a pleasure to be here and see you. Thank you for uh, having me.
0: It's more of an honor to witness your work in the world and how um, we met like back in 2015 and to watch your body of work come alive and to watch your voice and to to watch the the teaching of of metabolizing pain present and past. Um, it, it's really, truly an honor to have you here specifically, because I know you've brought your voice specifically through the 400 years work that you did for white folks. and And more than that, it's like really teaching how do we metabolize emotional pain. And so your voice in the work you're doing and specifically on here means a lot. So thank you. Thank you. I always ask guests to just speak right to the topic of, of, of the conversation. You know, what is well-meaning white person? What do you hear? What is, how does that land in your body? What does that mean to you?
1: Talk about the word myth. What does it mean? I actually draw blanks, quite honestly. I've, I've, um, I think about, and that's not to say that I don't believe it to be possible. However, I'm 57 years old. I have a 37-year-old daughter and son-in-love who are raising my three grandsons. I am hopeful and optimistic regardless of history. So well-meaning white people, you know, who is that? Is that, is that my neighbor who put the Black Lives Matter sign out on the yard, Who who woke up after George Floyd's murder for five minutes and got tired and went back to sleep. But her sign stayed out. I don't even know what it means. I mean, I know. I don't, I don't know what it means. I do know there are people, people who. I believe in who don't look like me, who. Genuinely care. And. And want to do the work of unlearning what was deeply ingrained, even when it wasn't said in there around the table that they had dinner in or throughout the house. Learning is passed on from mother to child. It's, it's, it's the way a mom tenses up when she believes she is not safe because of what she has learned and not experienced. You learn when your hand is squeezed or you're told not, not to play with, with people who don't look like you. When, and, and you're not necessarily told not to play, but your body is moved away from. It's safer over here. Mm-hmm. Children know the difference between a relaxed body of a parent and a tense, tight one. So they get messages on a cellular level. Mm. It's so deeply ingrained. And so what I do know is when something has been passed on generationally, and it is a perception, and it's, it's a perception that gets deeply ingrained at a fundamental level because it teaches safety you are not safe here these people aren't safe when that is taught somatically and then someone goes about the work to i don't know read listen get to know try to watch the news with through a different lens i i don't know i don't know what it means but i know i know it i know it exists i see it every day and i'd like to believe that it's possible because otherwise it's a it's a torturous existence more torturous to um to believe otherwise
0: when you were speaking in the somatic the fundamental safety learned through the child to the parent and and it it, it really um was resonating through that it the responses this present day responses are so unconscious because that rooted somatic safety is is such early imprinting like before we're four right so so early so like to really get that that the the somatic responses of learned safety of these people aren't safe those places aren't safe these behaviors mean this. It's built into everything. Every system and structure around us is kind of operating with that kind of somatic frequency
1: in mm-hmm. some way. Yeah. Yeah. And it really comes down to just not understanding. And yes, by, by the age of four, yes, that is, that is um, it's a felt sense, but it happens in utero. mm Literally, that tightening that I refer to, that doesn't have to be from holding a hand or carrying a baby in your arms. When you carry the baby in your belly,
2: mm.
1: when reading certain things or having certain conversations or being on the elevator when my grandson steps on. If that causes a discord in the body. Mm. That is a felt sense. That belly tightens, the air constricts, something has happened. There's a story that is being told There's a breath that is being held. There's a, it's in the body deeply embedded in the tissues is what I'm talking about. So in that story, you know, and we all have it to some extent. And so it's, so what does it take? For someone to be well-intended, um, I asked this question during the course that you mentioned, 400 Years. The name of that course was 400 Years, Unlearning Racism Through the Body, mm. Storytelling, and Deep Listening. Wow. That program was created weeks after George Floyd's murder when I got phone call after phone call from my well-intended white friends who said, what can I do? Mm. What can I do? George Floyd's murder did something. And coupled with the fact that it happened during a pandemic when people were forced to watch eight minutes and 46 seconds of watching a life extinguished, broad daylight, power dynamic, the well-intended knee On a shoulder. I'm sure somebody thought he was a good man and can speak accolades about that officer. So people just got forced to see something that they might otherwise pass by because it didn't spend eight minutes and 46 seconds on their screen. Um,
0: Yeah, and I want to pause to speak to the fact that you said all your well meaning white friends calling you when that happens, what can I do? And that alone as problematic. I mean, good and well intentioned, problematic in that you become the landing place of their not knowing how to process. And so, yeah, you create. Sp- I wonder if you could speak to that because it, it feels like a double bind
1: for you. Well, Yes, I, I can certainly see how it did. And I want to explain something. My philosophy on that may be different from many people of color. Okay. Because we don't all hold any same opinions or That's all right. like one thing or the other. I understand that philosophy. It is one more burden to bear to have to explain to and I'm speaking very broadly when I refer to the oppressor. I, I I'm going to just use that, but someone doesn't understand how their way of being just pretty much excludes folks that doesn't look like them, and that is such a privilege, uh, especially mm-hmm. when things work to your advantage as you know as a result of. Um, and when, but when a phone started ringing there was a lot of fear. There was, there was that knowing because you, you know, it's, it's, there's, I want to do something and I could hear it. I could hear it over and over. I really want to do something. And I know it, it, they really meant it, yeah. but they wanted to do something quick. They wanted to do like, what, what can I do to eradicate this right now?
2: Mm. It
1: doesn't work that way. What you can do is learn something. What you can do is put the Band-Aid down because that is not how we deal with a deep-seated wound. Mm. What you can do is not come with the attitude and, or, or the, the mindset of what can I do right now because this is bad. Like, house is on fire, I see this, what water bucket can I grab to just put this shit out? Mm. It doesn't work like that. It's in the embers. It's in the embers. It is not the roaring fire. It's in the embers, and so during four hundred years, there was a um, th- there was something really special that I I did because people wanted to come and wanted to come and help people who they don't know. They want to come and help folks who they've never had a conversation with. So you can't come help with your Band-Aid or your bucket of water when you don't understand the embers. Mm. Put out the big flame. That shit will come back. It, it, it. Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, name one. You know, we can go back, 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 back. And Till, Jesus Christ, it just keeps going. Right. It just keeps going because you can't show up with your well intentions to put the fucking fire out when it's in the embers. Mm. So to get to the embers, you need to sit down. You need to sit down and be comfortable with being still and waiting. Read a book, have a conversation, listen to some stories, be uncomfortable. Shit. I'm not here to make you comfortable. I'm I, I'm not. So I, but I, but what I am here for, and I will say this, it is my belief, Bernadette Pleasant's belief, and this is not the same as any other person of color necessarily, but it is mine. Yes. I do believe my voice is necessary. So I, that burden, that one more fucking thing that needs to be carried, I'm willing to carry it because I don't believe that my grandson's skin gets seen without my voice. I don't yeah. think if you're looking to put out the fire and I'm like, yo, it's in the embers. You're never going to get it out there. So if I want the kind of change that I want, yeah, requires something that I believe someone with my lived experience and with my hopes and dreams of what I want different for my grandsons in their lifetime, I think that requires my voice, that requires more work, yet more work for me. So I don't have time to get angry about folks reaching out. And what I did was I listened. And sometimes I didn't, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not available for this, but I hear you. I hear you the work that I create, it comes from the invitation. And I heard, I heard the invitation, not from white voices. I heard the invitation while watching that horrific experience and worrying that that could happen to someone else How do I change the conversation? How do I say what's not said? How do I, how do I get uncomfortable
2: Mm.
1: and, and try to make for change? So yeah, I, I did, I created that because I wanted a space that not only dealt with educating and speaking to what is I don't want to and we 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 some know how we got here but but what I want is the going forward what does it look like but that is not that cannot be built on hopes and dreams it needs to get up into the embers and bring them forward and move them and and transmute that into something healthy and it is, it is not quick It is not for those who think it can be done in a, um, it's a magic bullet, thing get there like that. So it's not going to get eradicated that way. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. So, yeah, I, I understand the, the logic and I've heard it plenty of times. And I understand people who believe that I do. I don't and you know, there was this, um, interview that was done in, in the program and it was with seven black men. Mm. And because, you, you know, my programs, we got, we're about doing something different, something real. I am not here for, uh, we're going to go there. And so you cannot help who you don't know. And, Thank you. and so, how about we have a conversation? How about getting to know? How about learning and hearing their voices and stories? And the one thing that was very, very consistent, consistent, was that word in terms in terms of answering the question of what can I do? Be consistent. That's what you can do. You can be about it every day. What are you going to do today? What conversation are you going to have? What? What question are you going to ask? It is is what you are. It is a lived way of being. Well-intended is a lived way, especially on this topic. It's a Mm -hmm. lived way of being. So, yeah, you can be consistent. And consistent, not for the short run. Anybody can do that. And then we can stay in the same spiral we've been in. But get to understand something. Learn something about axiology, for God's sakes. Learn something about people you don't understand. For those who don't know about axiology, I'll explain that brief study quickly. Axiology, axiology takes the globe and people who are born in northern regions. Different things matter to them. That's all it is to it. It's the shorter growing season, it's cold. They are about clothing, staying warm, survival, doing all the things that are needed because survival, got to survive. Everybody needs to survive. And it's, it's also just knowing that people in the, below the equator, they live different, different things matter. Because it's warm, food is always present. Survival is not the issue. So they live different. They move different. They dance. Family matters. Eye contact, calling my name, creating a relationship with me. You know, they say that children of color don't do well in school. Yeah, because you treat them like the whole goddamn class and not as individuals. We do really well when people get to know us, when we feel safe. You can't do that when you're speaking to the whole class. So it's the environment that needs to change and be more understanding, learn something so that the well intentions are rooted in something so it can grow. I believe it can. I have to. (laughs) But I also want to... You know, just be aware that people are, are we're not all created. We're created equal, yes, of course. We do, you know, we, we bleed and all that kind of stuff. That's great. But people, just based on some, just the environment they came from, there are things that are just, we're different. And different in a beautiful way. Yeah. Different, like, The variety of flowers, different, like no two sunsets are the same. It's all beautiful. It's just different.
0: Yeah, and, and what I'm hearing and what you're saying is that you're talking about an entire paradigm or the lens in which one sees the world, right? And so it reminds me of a podcast I was listening to with a gentleman by the name of Vijay Prasad, and he describes what you're talking about in, he call, it's called The Darker Nations, and he talks about the Southern Hemisphere and the Northern Hemisphere, and he talks about this historical context of imperialism and how the U.S. has always led the imperialistic agenda and how this aligns with certain countries and then the southern hemisphere and, and, and the anti-imperialistic movement really speaks to what you're talking about in terms of a different appreciation of what of how organized time and space and and what's valued and how systems are created through a different choice of what's val, right, what those value systems are through different nature based paradigms per se or indigenous based paradigms the languaging is a little off but okay. the power of what you're saying in terms of before colonialism and imperialism started extracting culture there were whole ways in which the world was seen and operated and understood and and that imperialistic extraction broke that up and now it's like this this model where the north that northern hemisphere uh axe what do you call it axiology Mm -hmm. is the basis as if that's what everything should be created like as opposed to what if that whole model is wrong because it's rooted in colonialistic a whole different system and what if there's a whole nother paradigm and way of living that's always been there that we've been fragmented from
1: yeah yes yes I understood yes by all means um you know the standard I mean, what a, what a, what an egocentric thing to do to be like, yeah, I'm the standard, (laughs) you know, um, you know, uh,
0: and that everything else is compared to this. And so whether it's the white woman, the white, this, the, this, it's like a whitewashing of all that was prior. And at some stage in history, these people said, this is, this is what everything is going to be deemed compared to. Yes,
1: absolutely. How in the hell am I? losing his name at the moment um uh as I turn around Resma, to look Resma yeah in my grandmother's hands he yes, speaks about ra- this yes. uh in uh in in beautiful detail but by all means um in in, in quake actually in quaking his his uh. new book there's much more on on it um it, it yeah when something is the standard you really just get to um I mean, what a fat, happy place to be. Like, you know, like everything needs to measure up this way when this is what beauty is and this is what good is. I'll never forget this um, professor I had. <laughs> he walked into the classroom, this uh, uh, African American man. He came into the classroom and just beautiful man. And he said, his first words he said, tall, dark, and handsome. They did not mean me. <laughs> and I thought, wow. I mean, here, here's this guy, you know, 6'4", uh, tall, lanky, beautiful black man. And, and, and dark, uh, gorgeous, gorgeous mm-hmm. skinny. He said, tall, dark, and handsome. They did not mean me. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, shit, how could that mm-hmm. not be you I mean how could that not be you but it wasn't it was that was not what was meant and is meant when someone says that they are talking about a generally speaking a white man who has gotten a little son mm. but not too much to be considered black. there's a difference yeah, yeah. that yeah. that um yeah
0: yeah whenever i y- y- have gotten any of the language that's been from Resma Menicom's work on that around you know diversity, language using language in these public spaces around diversity is like diverse from what, right? Yes. Because the first the question model. has to be like, Yeah, are we operating in the right paradigm? Because that I'm not going to come into a space where the paradigm and the question we're asking is the incorrect one. And I like that about your work and your frame in, in navigating life, the world is, yeah. are we coming in with the right questions? Are we, are we creating the right container to be able to dismantle this properly?
1: Exactly. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, you and I uh, talk offline and I speak to, to that. Okay. Um, and, in listening to the intentions for this podcast and um, you know, there, there, that, that eighth point, I, I, you know, mentioned to you and and if you care to repeat what that one was for the listeners, um, I was like, I think this needed to be number one, two, three, four, and five. Um, because if we are not getting into the marrow of the embers, we're not asking the right question or or I don't in my opinion, it doesn't feel like the foundation to start to build and grow on makes any sense. We use words like Uh, The fifth point was that it was a non-confrontational space. I pause because I need to gather myself when I hear that, because this assumption of aggression has hurt Mm. me personally. The assumption, and I realize that that's not what was intended, but it is like words dropped like that means white people are safe. You can come on in now. Um, we made it okay. Um, it, there is a perceived danger for that word to be even used. And, 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 and I don't think anyone learns being shamed. I, I don't come from that approach. Um, you know, why don't you already know this and stuff like that? That helps nobody who's trying to learn anything. I am a compassionate teacher. I care. And the end result of what I want does not come from that. So I'm I'm not interested in shaming. I'm interested in not in this whole notion of creating safe spaces, safe spaces, safe spaces. You know what, what I need to do and the work that I do in the world, and I I am so sick of that word safe space. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to create a safe, I, I want a space that feels like a womb. Because I expect you to get in here. Yeah, feel safe, fine, be, but grow. Fucking do something in this space. Mm. Don't, don't get in here and fall asleep. Because there's work that needs to be done every day. I need you to be consistent, consistently growing, growing, growing. And sometimes that means being uncomfortable. But when, when I speak to being uncomfortable, because I want people to be uncomfortable. Yeah. I really do. I really do. I want you to be uncomfortable. Um, because when you're comfortable, you fall asleep. When you are comfortable and and safe, it gets real cushy in there and nobody wants to do the work and I have to be black every damn day. Mm. So get uncomfortable. Come on, join me. You want to be an ally, get uncomfortable, have these conversations. Um, and may, I'm going to say this quote, I've said it before. I'll say it again. May you be so uncomfortable that you actually like that oyster, get that grain of sand in there that irritates the shit out of you so that you create something beautiful. So be uncomfortable. I want you to Mm. join me. I'm uncomfortable every day when I am trying to digest some food and I'm worrying about my grandson's safety. I'm uncomfortable every day. So, so come on, get on board, feel that and let's move forward about changing it because I believe change comes and can happen, but it requires being steadfast, staying in it, and seeing something through to the end and affecting those around you. Make them feel uncomfortable too.
2: Mm. Mm
0: yeah i'm really hearing the unraveling and the being with the process of of feeling the weight of the of of the real stories of people and lives and experiences and everyday like what the history really means That's as a testimony that's living in your body as it's breaking up and there's not a lot to do there. My experience has been that I can do nothing except for feel it let myself fully feel that unravel and keep letting myself show up and take more in. It's like a building capacity so that I then can use this new information and awareness to be actually call and name things differently in real yes. time, in real yes. spaces. But if I don't take that time to let myself un- unravel, I don't feel those that stuff. So therefore in real time, I'm not available to that conversation yes. Yes. because I'm numbed out to it and I don't notice it happening in the spaces
1: yeah. I'm in. yeah. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, I mean, it's been, it's age old, but I'm going to use George Floyd's murder because it's it's easy. It's more present in people's minds than they can imagine this. What happened in, in that moment, in those minutes, was it it's as if stadium lights came on for many people. And I'm talking like from a dark, closed eyes. Stadium lights, and so it, and and you know how you squint, and when when it's bright, and and the lights have been flooded on really quick, and it 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 bristles the skin. It's it's um, it's like bright sunshine coming through in in the early morning, but um, so there's this wincing that happens, and so I feel like. People who were, you know, calling me and or, or people just in general. Um I'm I'm drawing a divide real quick. Um, but the light came on for everyone. So there's this the the people of color who's saying this has already always existed and always possible, always existed, always possible. Other people saw it. They're like, Oh, damn, this exists and is always possible. Well shit, no shit. But anyway, I've been saying that. But now you see it too. Now, I feel seen. You are like, light, generally speaking, the lights just came on. And now what do we do? What do we do? We, we, we get uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> Wrong That's question. We, we ask a different question. We start <laughs> saying, how much more don't I know?
1: And so Well, that's like, what happened. That's what happened. And I think that's why a lot of books were sold right then um, by, by black folks and white folks were happy to buy them because they felt better. They felt better. <laughs> let me buy a book. Jesus, let me let me let me support something. Let me put a sign out, whatever. Let me do something. OK, that's great. Now what? Now what? Now what? What what, what else? What, what conversations can you join? What What, what courses can you take? What? What books can you read? What conversations can you be in to listen to, and to and to come forth and say, you know, I, I want to be here. I want to. I want change. And change is not easy. Change is not easy for anyone. And the only way we get to make change is to be consistent. Yeah. And so, yeah. And 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 once you start to Go down and stay committed to being in this excavation, and and stay committed to an outcome that you want to see different, whatever that is. If it if it's in a positive and and good change, you you get to you get to stay in that. Just like any study that you're interested in, you, it you don't you don't learn all there is about it all at once you just you just keep going and keep going and keep going and keep seeking and and when you genuinely care, that's what happens
0: so. yeah and different than a study is that it's not optional to stop studying right because for white people that's a part of the privilege of what I think you're speaking to around lights can come on and then we can kind of go back off and choose not to see. And yet black people don't get to do that. They're lived reality, people of, of culture and other bodies that are are not kind of standard, able-bodied. That's where the consistency of what you're talking about. It's like, don't let the lights go back off. This isn't a study, this isn't a, an elective course. This is a part of being with the embers is saying, well, my history, is the unraveling and the uncomfortableness of realizing this is the land I stand on. This is the memories that live in me. Even if I don't want to see it, it is. And that is an uncomfortable state of being. So the question Mm -hmm. becomes less doing and more being. And you start to notice all around whoa the systems and structures are built this way and then you start to look at the history and you realize how and when they were built and oh my yeah they were very built this way oh wow black communities indigenous communities they've known this long time so this idea of sit down listen to black people women black women indigenous women They've been at this against systems and structures much longer. So we might be having a white awakening and be like, wow, and we want to be here for the ride. And yet that in and of itself can feel offensive to bodies of culture because it's like, yeah, it's great you're all along, and yet... Sit down, you got to learn it. Come on, come get schooled. Yeah, so yeah. You can catch up and actually be here
1: for a revolution.
0: But you got to yeah. like school yourself so that you're actually a real ally. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I'm so glad you spoke to this because what started to happen at, uh, during this pandemic, um, uh, there was a moment when, you know, when there was this like, you know, uh, I watched some of the ways in which people moved and uh, for some, it was like, you know, I, I want to take pictures with my black friend, the one, you know, I need, I want to be seen as woke, whatever that is and looks mm. like. I I want to, I want to, I want to hire um, someone of color be- or I, or my summit looks like, you know, all of a sudden there's an awareness. Oh my God, it is. So I, I at least for me, I suddenly got invitations to be all over the place because it mm. made right, will feel good to do that now um or or i'd love to put some i want to tell people about your course but it it wasn't done and and i get, don't get me wrong I, I i appreciate the attempts but but it, it's not a one and done it is not a one and done and and, and there's a feeling when your skin is being used Mm. for the purpose of someone else feeling good about their skin. Come on. Mm. I I mean, like, and and it's, it's the unsaid thing. It's just, you know, suddenly, you know, and and it has to start somewhere, but can that, can that continue to grow? Or was that a one and done? Ask yourself the question, what's your why? And maybe the why is, you know what? I hadn't realized that my circle had no people of color in it. Let me open this up. I wasn't aware. We'll do that, but keep doing it. And if your purpose for doing it is just to add some color, maybe it's just best not to, (laughs) but I mean, but, but awareness is growth in and of itself one can't join a a 12 step program without realizing that they are, you know, hi, I'm an alcoholic. I'm i I'm a, they need to name it. They need to name it or whatever it is. I don't, I, 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 that's how it begins by giving it a name. Mm. Okay. I didn't know this. I'd like to do better. I'd like to see change. Now, how can I go about it? I think one of the most beautiful invitations that I got was from an organization that said, we are, our our organization is why. I mean, that's who supports us. That's what we do. That All of our teachers are in it. You know, great. And they said, we would like diversity in our program. And what I really appreciated about them is they said, we're not just trying to get people of, of, people, Uh, a a mixture of people to come into, to to buy our thing. What we want to do is at the top level, we want to bring in and source instructors of color to come in at the management level, at the, at the, um, at the top level we want to bring in. And so that the slow, the slow approach of this is who we are. And now to watch how the organization starts to draw in, everybody wants to see themselves represented, everyone. Mm. And so what I appreciated about their approach was they gave some thought to it. They didn't want to, you know, suddenly put some, some, they didn't want to kiss babies and, you know, hugs. they didn't <laughs> want to just like take pictures and have photo ops Um, and, and then, you know, that makes us look good. They, they, they thought about it. And that I think is what's necessary for people to really think those who really want to make change. What's your, why, what are you willing to do and what conversations are you willing to have to understand, um, why you're, where you are and where you'd like to go and what would be needed for that.
0: Mm That inquiry is beautiful, Bernadette. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's really speaking to whether organizations are moving to change the veneer, right? What people yes. see is it per, is it performative? Are we are we playing woke? And, and that can be an individual. As an individual, you can be a brand, right, representing the play woke, um, or 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 a huge organization of of having you know the one friend and having the website be diverse and having your panel have one or two people of color and these types of things but not really speaking to the paradigm shift that's shifting. So when you're talking about an organization says from the top, we want, we know that the leadership body creates culture and then culture attracts and magnetizes patterns, behaviors, new ways of creating, and we want to source it from its right source, as opposed to these, as soon as you dig a tiny little bit into, you know, racist history in our country, right. In say the United States alone, not even worldwide, it doesn't take much to realize, oh, the systems and structures have been designed in ways yeah. that that a white person has been designed not to see it,
1: too. Totally, right? and, totally. And,
0: and so it doesn't it's take much. It's actually quite
1: brilliant. Yeah. It
0: really is, right? You start yeah. seeing it from this, yeah, this business point of view of how these yeah. structures come in. You start saying... The system itself is, an, is not something we can participate in if we're saying we stand for these values, right? right. So what does right. it look like to create a whole new thing that we haven't yet seen before, right? That's a co-creative yeah. process. So I appreciate what you're saying about being discerning of seeing these invitations. Who's really asking themselves yes. the right questions? And then yeah. their reach out has a different feel.
1: Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> I love that about this whole conversation you're bringing. To be honest, is that really tending to embers is very different than tending to flames. Yes, right. Yes. And we can keep going for the flame and the dismantle of of whiteness in white bodies. Right. It, it's such a, I like to say, a mindfuckery because. Mm-hmm there are these ways in which it distorts so that we can't see ourselves and that's nobody's fault but our own lineage right and so we have to see it and that's where what you're saying the awareness beautiful beautiful but i always say awareness you could stay in an awareness for the next 40 years and not do a thing in your circle in your own psyche so awareness isn't enough i grew up in the fucking yoga of awareness and yet Mm -hmm. it had 50 years of legacy of sadistic abuse, right? Rooted in white exceptionalism that we were taught not to see. So awareness yeah. is beautiful. And yet what I love of what you're saying is this ultimate message comes back to consistency. Are you asking yes. different questions that get you to keep showing up differently daily? And in, are you influencing the circles around you? Are you shifting the even the paradigm in which you're operating? Because if you're asking the question, what do I do? That is rooted in this white savior complex of oh I need to help people that are off under worse off than me. We might not even know that's a construct of a system mm-hmm. we come from. Yeah, you can't see what you've been designed not to see, and right. yet at white, as white people, we've got to take more responsibility to begin to see them because there's no reason. We have to, and that's what privilege is, is we can mosey on our life in awareness and do sweet posts, performative things that don't move us beyond awareness. And that actually becomes a part of white violence. And it's exhaustive to our black friends that we think we're quote standing for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well said.
0: I get exhausted. It's like, you can't unsee it.
1: That's because it's exhausting.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. So that's why like like, every moment of every day I'm seeing differently. And uh, to me, that's the unravel and of the embers of what I feel like you speak to. And I I love the language you've brought to it because there is not a damn thing I feel like I could do except for talk about it, except for learn how to talk about it in spaces where it actually genuinely uh, disrupts long patterns of behavior and that happens in me that happens around me and sometimes it happens with a well-intended list of intentions for a podcast that Bernadette can speak to and suddenly be like hmm I'm not sure how that lands it's a call-in she she yeah. she asks me a question when you say those those intentions these are some of the things that the word choices do and wow yeah can yeah. we let ourselves feel that? Can we let ourselves be like, oh, or do we disrupt her thought and say, oh, but that's not what I intended with that word. Right.
1: Right. Right. When we get to that piece where, and then, we, then it just stays in this little sword fight of nothingness. This Nothing. back, and forth, back and forth. I can't, I didn't mean that. I didn't do that. Ooh, and, then, and then it gets quiet. And then it gets quiet because it's exhausting it's exhausting it is it is necessary to to stay there to, to to stay there to stay there to to dig in and to sometimes pause get quiet listen and when I say get quiet i i don't i mean integrate listen ask questions be willing to fuck it up like you know you're if you're talking to someone who can tell you how that's landing for them and what comes up for them with it. Um, and, and, and to, yeah, yeah, that is, and that's, it's not everyone, but you can find somebody. Cause shit, you know, you care, you, you find them, you care, you find them. And you, you know, where you can ask what may feel like a stupid question. There are none. There are none, but You can be redirected you can be you can learn something so that you can then therefore get under what the question you really what was under the question what was the feeling what brought you to that question what life experience Mm. made you feel that that was the question to ask is there a better way of asking this and to be willing to say, you know what, I, this may not come out correctly, but but I, I I know my heart, so I'm going to share this. And um, I w- I'd like to go into have have some dialogue about this. It it yeah, it takes some courage. And that's all right. It's okay. You'll be all right. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Love all the questions. Rewind y'all and get all this questions. Inquiry questions are everything and making sure we're asking ourselves the right questions because in this moment of discomfort, nothing needs to be said. Like there was nothing that needed to be said. She pointed out something that I was unaware of. Now, now I'm made aware of it. Now, it might not, I was unaware of it because she's a unique human that has a unique response and I get to hear it because she's courageous enough to express it, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. I let it land. It might have distorted, not been correct in terms of my intention, but intention isn't what we're going for. Impact, how someone feels in an exchange. So let's say a question, you were, Bernadette was just talking about questions. You, is that, is that a question I want to ask, you know, a question to ask, is this someone I would ask to someone I love and respect? Is this the tone I would ask to someone I love and respect, you know, because sometimes we're not thinking we're, we're, we're letting stuff come out of us and we might have thought it was a good intention, but we never really sat with, how would you feel if you were asked this? And just all of the ways that Bernadette is framing inquiry. Because inquiry is a felt sense, right? The words we choose can have weight and charge. And we can inquire as to why we chose it. So your willingness, Bernadette, to say how you truly felt when you heard the intentions I read helps me be able to yes. revisit it and be like, hmm, let me inquire to the state of my being as I brought this forth and can it be delivered in a way that doesn't d- create charge in ways that I might have not even been historically aware of or present day aware of because the my lived experience and my lack of awareness could not have me understand the weight of certain words or what words mean in certain contexts all of this stuff matters and how is any of us supposed to know until we know if we get made aware of something listen let it break you apart notice what emotions come up maybe take the space Mm -hmm. you need like the pause and we did we paused and I just said do we want to do this like is this right and and we got to create safety you know, our own agreement, meaning, yeah, let's go here. But that's moment to moment. Like what I hear you saying is it goes from awareness into moment to moment interactions. We let, it's a lived experience of unraveling and unpacking and letting embers. It's almost burning you up from within to create new learned space.
1: Absolutely. And that space requires my voice. That space requires me to say, you know, this doesn't feel so good to me. And to do that takes a certain kind of courage. And it's okay. It's okay. I I want people to feel and know that it is okay to not know something. Don't crucify yourself for not knowing it. Ask some questions. Learn something. Move on. It is okay to, it's okay to say, you know what? I, I don't know shit about this, but I want to. Hmm. When you don't know someone and you're dating them, you ask questions. You, you, you are infinitely curious about this arena you may not know. You want to get under if you really care, you want to, you want to really get in there and stay consistent. So, so, so date me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) what I'm saying is, you know, I'm here for it. Um, Like, yeah, get to know, be willing to ask the questions and, and, you know, and, and sometimes it's in short increments and what have you, but I want to be that kind of available because that's how we get to know people how we get to understand and, you know, I, I'm not going to show up on a date and be like, you should know everything about me. I mean, come on. I mean, it's written in the book that, no, that's not going to tell you about me and my mm-hmm. lived experience. Yeah. So, so, so date me, Shit, take me out. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and accept my no. Totally if i 'm not interested in in sharing something or now isn 't the time or whatever i don 't need to be available because you have questions but if i am if I am committed to being in here i may be I may be available for those questions but i 'm going to take care of myself because I will tell you there is a thing that is true, and i um, he worked with me on. 400 years and is a mentor and coach. My coach, he's just incredible. Kevin Michael Slater. And he he suggested at the beginning of this program, when I said to him, please partner with me because he is, he's such a brilliant man in his work on um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm. And just the way he sees the world is, he's brilliant. And he said to me, you will need to take care of yourself because what happens for black women in particular when they take step into this is they get sick.
2: Mm.
1: They get sick because the toll it takes and the way it matters to you, like this is soul mattering. This Mm. mattering is in every fiber of your being. And then for people to come and want to—I mean, I kid you not. There was someone uh, in one of my courses learning about unlearning racism, and it was like, "Can I get the rest of this information because I want to teach it at my class next?" Are you kidding me? Wow. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Like I, I, I have a plan to teach. You can't teach what you don't know. Hmm. Stop racing ahead of yourself when you are so out there with your plan you can't be present here and for my blood sweat time hopes dreams skin mm-hmm. i need you to sit down and learn something
0: so far out with your plan that you can't be present
1: you already you stand standing there Wondering how you gonna disperse that little bucket of water that you you I, yeah I have no word. I, yeah, I'm I trying to find you, some words it and it I makes don't have me any, tired. it makes me tired exactly yeah, in, I'm yeah, like, Whoa. No, this is not this is not you, you know it, you ain't here for it you're not here you're for not it. here for that. <laughs> that I'm not here for yeah that I'm not here for because yeah
0: well because yeah. they're not here for it you're they're present not. to those that are present to what this yeah. takes right yes. um so i really appreciate that distinction um yeah. the healthy boundaries and what he's talking about of the the, the the self-care it's like your whole soul goes into this work it's life's purpose right and so but to yeah. not put care buckets around all the and put the work back onto who it belongs to yes you know and that becomes a key factor in the containers you're you're creating or the even the paradigms ones entering to access you and and i appreciate that about any conversation it's it's a thought process It's like is is this one i can go in what's the sense i get that this space is holding or or is the inquiry there thank you thank you for, for all that you've brought today um and slowing it way down because yeah. that's really how we can process and learn to metabolize. Again, using Resma Menikam's language here, metabolizing the pain. The pain is there. It's a dirty pain or it's clean pain, but the the weight of of history, the the pain of this unmetabolized trauma lives in all of us: white bodies, black bodies, brown bodies, indigenous bodies, all bodies of culture, and it impacts us all. Um, and it's very easy for white bodies to just deflect it back as if we're coming with this helping model when we come to this great awakening. And if it play back this whole episode, because it it, it stops, it just kind of puts a, a kink in that disruptive process because a, a neuro, you know, a pattern of behavior is just going to keep running until you stop yeah. it and say, Hey, maybe we are, maybe it's the wrong question. Like maybe we need to look at it through the here right. and, And now you have something else to play with. And by its nature, it's disruptive. By its nature, it's uncomfortable because you can't create new patterns if you aren't willing to sit in the discomfort of all that has been, all the entanglement, all that enmeshment, all that Mm -hmm. that, hatred and brutality and the violence that we hold, even if we're numb to it and don't feel. Indeed. Indeed. As we wrap up and move towards your song... I'm wondering if there's just any last message that you want to really just send home for, for this episode, um, speaking to well-meaning white folks.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to just slam with that word. Be consistent. Stay with it. Stay with it. Take care of your mind, bodies, and spirits because it's a long haul. Pause.
2: Rest, wake up,
1: and get in there again. It's a long haul, so just take care of yourself in the process. That's that's my share. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Um, I always ask guests to bring a song that represents their episode, or just kind of their voice for their episode, and wonder if you'll tell us in an intro your song for us and why you chose it.
1: I'll intro this song because it was, it's Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. And, you know, it was, it was appropriate in its release and it's appropriate today. There's, things have got to get better. They've got to get better. And, and so I appreciate how through song, We learn lessons, so look at the lyrics, listen to the lyrics, be energized by them, dance to them, move to them, move forward to them.
0: (laughs) Evan Gay, what's going on? And as always, we don't listen to the whole uh, clip because of copyright purposes, but we play a little bit, and you can listen to the Uncomfortable Conversations on uh, Everyday Whiteness podcast. Playlist to get each episode's song. So let's listen in for a little bit. (laughs) Yes,
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: there's
2: too many of you to cry. Yes,
1: brother, 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 brother. There's far too many. Die. you know we've got to find a way to bring some here today
0: again that's Marvin Gaye and what's going on check out the Uncomfortable Conversations playlist on Spotify I want to again thank our wonderful guest Bernadette Pleasant and thank you to all of our listeners Please remember that dismantling whiteness is an everyday, all day, lifelong endeavor. It does not end. It's a commitment to think, do, and live better than we've ever been expected to or allowed to before. Dismantling white body supremacy begins inside of you, inside of me, and inside of the collective we, in our personal commitment, in our own bodies of culture, to grow the white experience beyond assumed supremacy. I invite you to listen, to learn, and to grow beyond the limitations that whiteness has and continues to impose on all of us. If you need support beyond this listening space, you can connect with me at gurunishan.com. I'm a writer, speaker, and trauma healing activist, offering free and and paid resources, online courses, and consulting in body-based cultural intelligence. If you'd like to be a guest and share your story, please email me at gn at gurunishan.com. Please also like, subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with someone you love. Your listening and sharing support is greatly appreciated. The information presented in this podcast are for general educational purposes only. The views and opinions expressed are solely the views of the individuals involved. By listening, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Nothing in this podcast is intended to replace the services of trained therapist, doctor, or health professional, or otherwise to substitute for professional mental health, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Guru Nishan LLC and affiliate organizations shall under no circumstances be liable to any listener of the podcast or viewer for any action or inaction on your part as a result of the content you consume on this podcast or for any adverse reaction, including any emotional distress you experience as a result of consuming this podcast.